Our Bible reading today is from the New Testament, and it's from the letter to the Hebrews. And it's Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. This is the word of the Lord. If you've got a Bible, do keep it open or switched on. Uh, We're going to look at that passage, particularly the first few verses of it together now. But as we do so, let's ask for God's help uh, as we come to his word. Heavenly Father, we pray that today, that now, we would hear your word. That by your Holy Spirit, you would soften our naturally hard hearts, open our minds, that we might hear, see, and trust, and receive Jesus, that you might strengthen us to follow him all the way to the end of our lives. Encourage us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, how many of you have uh, been watching the Olympics? Put your hand up if any of you have watched any of the Olympics. And uh, I think we can go just for quiet answers, uh, not too shouty yet, but um, anyone like to tell me their favorite Olympic event? 
that uh, they've enjoyed watching. Hand up for anything, anybody's favorite event. Yes, what's been your favorite? Skateboarding. Skateboarding. Do, do you know how long skateboarding's been an Olympic event? Now, I don't think it was back in the ancient Olympics, was it, skateboarding? I think it's one of those modern ones uh, they've added in. Anyone else got a favorite? Oh, yes, what have you got? Rock climbing. Rock, is that even an Olympic event? Wow, I didn't know that. You can jump out of the Olympics I watched, uh, and, uh, which is not very much. Uh, but thank you for that, Judy. What, what's your favorite? Gymnastics. Now, I did see a bit of that. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, that they can do all those extraordinary things without snapping in half. Uh, I, th- I think that's quite extraordinary. Uh, we do see some wonderful things, don't we? Wonderful gifts and talents on display at the Olympics. And the Olympics in the modern uh, world uh, were revived just over a, or about 120 years ago uh, from the version that was going on during the days that the New Testament was written. And a number of the authors in the New Testament refer to the Olympic Games that were going on in the ancient world as an example or an illustration of what it looks like for us to follow Jesus. And particularly, they often pick up on the imagery of the marathon. Now, in terms of the, uh, the, the Olympics we've just been watching, uh, do you know the nationality of the winners of both the men's and women's marathon race they were from the same country don't know what it is it's a marvelous country been there many times and it's not australia it was kenya it was kenya indeed uh, now uh, points mean prizes can you tell me the name of the winner of the women's marathon any of you sports buffs will surely you should know this uh, okay no, the, the woman was uh, perez jep churcher and uh, yes, so who was the man? I'll just put it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Eliud Kipchoge was uh, the winner. So the marathon was there at the very first Olympics, uh, two and a half thousand years ago, uh, and it's uh, been going on uh, ever since. And that imagery of the marathon uh, is the one uh, that's picked up here in Hebrews 12. So that what our author is saying to us is, when you think about what it means to follow Jesus, look at the marathon. Look at the Olympic marathon and see what those runners are doing there. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it looks like for us as we trust and treasure our Savior. Now, the Olympic marathon uh, began uh, from the the rather sad uh, story of a man called Pheidippides. And uh, I don't know if you know the story, but Pheidippides uh, was a Greek soldier Uh, And uh, the Greeks had been fighting the Persians, uh, who were a great power in the ancient world. And they'd won an extraordinary victory over the Persians. The Persians were the bigger army, uh, the superpower, uh, and the smaller nation of the Greeks had defeated them and sent them off. See, there's nothing really new, is there? Uh, We've just seen something similar in the news. Well, here it is going on, uh, about 500 B.C., uh, the Greeks saw off the, uh, the Persians, and Pheidippides runs from the battle at a place called Marathon. That's where we get the word. At the Battle of Marathon, he runs 26.2 miles to Athens to give the news to uh, his fellow Greeks, Neni Kekamen, or We Have Won. Now, I say it's a slightly sad story for uh, Pheidippides because uh, he rushes into the uh, Greek assembly in Athens, cries out, We Have Won, and drops dead. 
uh, there on the spot. So that's slightly unfortunate for poor old Pheidippides. Uh, but that does give rise to this T-shirt, which uh, I'm sure any of you who've run a marathon would sympathize with. Uh, why couldn't Pheidippides have died at 20 miles? Uh, because when you're running... Has anyone run a marathon? Anyone run a marathon? Uh, which is the most difficult part? Uh, I saw a, a disembodied hand from around the, co- the pillar there. What's the most difficult part of, uh, of a marathon? The training, okay, but when you're actually running the marathon itself, which is the first, uh, the most difficult bit, would you say, Kevin? Yeah, when you get towards the end, but you're not there yet. So I guess 20 miles in, you've still got six miles to go. That's when it gets tough, isn't it? When we've uh, run out of energy, and yet we've got to keep going. So there's the uh, Olympic arch uh, from the ancient uh, games. That's the one that would have been in use when this letter was written. And now let's hear again uh, what our author says to us. Therefore, he says to us who are following Jesus, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So the first thing we see in that picture is the crowd that's an enormous crowd. That picture uh, is from the, uh, the first Olympics of the modern era uh, in 1896. And that was the crowd in the stadium as they welcomed the uh, marathon runners back in at the end of their long race. And they would be cheering them on, cheering them those last few yards to get to the finish line. And our author says to us, if you're following Jesus, sometimes that can feel pretty lonely and pretty tough. There may not be anybody else in your family. There may be nobody else in your class who's trusting Jesus and following him as their Lord. And he says to us, but actually, if we open our eyes, we can see there's an enormous crowd, a great cloud of witnesses. And those are the believers who've gone before us, the believers we gather with on a Sunday, the believers in Jesus all around the world from every nation and every people They're cheering us on. So when we're not with them, we need to remember the crowd that is around us, spurring us on. And it's a great cloud, he says, uh, of witnesses. Now, the uh, the Greek word for witness is martyrion. Can you guess what other word we get from that? Martyr. Not everybody who follows Jesus dies for their faith, thank God. But following Jesus is tough. Kevin just told us that the most difficult part of a marathon was the training. And actually the training of keeping on reading the scriptures, of walking closely with Jesus, of praying, of putting aside those things that tangle us up. Maybe they're good things that we've just got too much of. Maybe they're those habits that we know are just wrong. There are all sorts of things that can trip us up along the way. And he says, first of all, remember the crowd that's spurring you on to keep going. He's just told us about lots of those witnesses in the previous chapter. It's a great chapter of the Bible to read. And they include those who had great victories in this world. By faith, he says, the walls of Jericho fell. But others of those who were following the Lord were stoned. And in some cases, he says, even sawn in two. So not everybody who follows the Lord has victory in this world. The important thing is that we keep on following Jesus. We keep our eyes on him. We'll come to that in a few moments. 
Then there's the course, he says, as he encourages us to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Do you know the original word in the Greek language for race is agona? What other word do you think we might get from the Greek word agona in English? Any guess? Agony. Let us run with perseverance the agony marked out for us. This is not a a gentle sit by the uh, roses in the back garden on a quiet summer's afternoon with a little stroll around the flower beds. He's talking about a marathon race, an agony. To follow Jesus is hard. It will take everything we've got. And when we've run out of everything we've got, then we'll discover that God's grace meets us just when we have nothing more to give. Don't be deceived. If you're not a Christian here this morning, following Jesus is the most wonderful and the most difficult thing you'll ever do. And if you are a Christian and you're finding it's tough at the moment, if you're feeling agony just in keeping on going, there are so many things perhaps happening to you in your life. Other people are causing you hardship or you're suffering inwardly. You're just struggling to believe that God is real and that Jesus loves you. Take heart. When we follow Jesus, there will be seasons of agony. Not agony all the time. It feels great when you set off on a long run and there's the joy of the finish line. But the 20-mile stage, well, that can feel pretty agonizing. So keep going. The race has been marked out for us by our Heavenly Father. Then there is uh, the captain. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's the one thing we must do. In the end, we don't leave our gaze on the crowds and we, we don't just look down so that we don't trip over stuff that's in our path. In the end, this is what will give us energy and joy and life and strength as we lift our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, to Jesus. And when we look at him, we know that he has paid the price for us to cross that finish line and come into the Father's kingdom. But we know that the way he paid that price was by going to a cross, by being rejected, by being unjustly treated, by suffering for us. And as we walk, as we run our agonizing race, we're going to run it like him. He's our example as well as our saviour. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before us, we endure in his strength, our eyes on him, the agonizing parts of the journey to get us there. And as we look forward, as he has won for us, to sitting down with him at the right hand of the throne of God. And then finally, we won't dwell in detail on these last verses in our reading, but our heavenly father is, as it were, our coach. When suffering comes to us, It feels like God doesn't love us. And yet, when the tough times come, the agonizing moments, the challenges, the difficulties, the obstacles strewn in our way, the temptations within, the opposition from without, our author tells us that's not because God isn't powerful or loving. It's because in his love, uh, he is drawing us out of our weakness and in our failure and in the midst of all the hardships 
to discover him in deeper and new and wonderful ways that his grace is sufficient for us. And we would never learn that sitting beside the roses. We only learn that on the agonizing journey of following Jesus until the end. There is, as we sang in that song before, grace unmeasured, vast and free. But we only untap the grace, we only receive it when we have need of it. And we only have need of it when we come to the end of our reserves. When we lift our hands to the Lord and say, I don't know what to do. I can't keep going. It's too much. I've failed too often. I can't do this anymore. And then we find his grace is sufficient. Then we'll find that our lives reflect that of Jesus. And then the joy that was set before him will energize us and let us do one more step and then the next and then the next. And finally, finally, we will come through to the finish line. I'd love to show you the video uh, of this man. I can't for copyright reasons, but just Google uh, John Aquari uh, uh, later on uh, on YouTube. He came last in the 1968 Mexico uh, Marathon uh, and the uh, Olympics that year. He came into the stadium uh, over an hour uh, after the, uh, the person, the man just ahead of him in the race. Most of the crowds had gone. The medal ceremony had taken place. The TV crews were packing up. Uh, There was one TV crew left who who caught these uh, images of him. Uh, He was from Tanzania. Uh, He was a great runner, but when he was about halfway around the course, uh, he stumbled badly. He injured his shoulder. He dislocated his knee, and it was reset by the side of the track. And He said when he was interviewed afterwards, because he got up and limped and ran a bit when he could and and walked for part of it, he he was asked why he did that at the end. And he said, it never occurred to me to give up. He said, because my country sent me to the Olympics, not to start, but to finish. Now that is a better illustration of the Christian race. It's not about coming first. It's nothing to do with being as good as anybody else or how you compare with others. It's all about finishing. And finishing, not looking your best and having suffered nothing along the way, but finishing as a testimony to the grace of God that has got you to the end in spite of yourself and in spite of the other things that you've suffered along the way. The Lord Jesus has sent us to finish a race, a race that he's run for us, won for us, modeled for us. I have the encouragement of the cheering crowds We know that our Father has marked out the course. We keep our eyes on the captain of our salvation and we trust that behind it all, even though we don't get answers to so many of our questions, our loving heavenly coach, our Father, will sustain us until the end. You're going to run that race? It's the race of life. It's the only race that gets you to the new heavens and the new earth. Let's pray for his help because we need that. And we need each other as we run it. Father, we've seen Olympics this year. We've seen great events. We've seen the marathon runners. We've seen the pain on their faces and the joy of persevering to the end. As we look at them, as the author of the Hebrews did 2,000 years ago, so we pray that as we look to the Lord Jesus, so we would trust him who has run that race to ensure our victory. That we would be encouraged that however many obstacles we face or however many times we fall, whatever agonies we experience, your grace 
is sufficient for us. And though we can't see the end from where we are, we trust you, Father, that you have mapped out that course and will give us everything we need to cross the finish line together. Heavenly Father, please, uh, would you be glorified among us as your grace is multiplied to each one of us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.